Welcome to My Property World, a light and informative look at all things property. We have designed this series for people involved in property and property finance in the UK market. However, we do take examples from all around the property world. Our aim is for us to make money from property together. Whether that be buying, selling, financing, trading or getting involved in a deal in another way. We do this by informing, entertaining and enjoying ourselves talking property, which gives you a chance to get to know us, what we're up to and to check us out until you're ready to make money together. In the meantime, My Property World is free and fun, so plug in your headphones and enjoy. We would love for you to like, share and comment, so please do on social media. And if you have questions, ideas for topics or deals you would like to explore, we're always looking for guests, so get in touch via the My Property World profile. Hello and welcome to another episode of My Property World. Today we're joined once again by James Hadley and Richard Little. We're talking pensions and development. And uh, James Hadley, a, a quick intro from yourself, please. Uh, hi, guys. Um, yeah, so I'm James Hadley, property from pensions. I'm a tax specialist. I focus entirely on the nexus between property and pensions and specifically how pensions can be used to fund various different types of property investment activity. And Richard Little. Yeah, Richard Little from your land partner and family business. Family's been developing mostly new properties since the 1950s uh, across much of England. Well, fantastic, guys. What, what we're going to be covering today uh, for the listeners is basically that interaction where we're going to uh, talk about a development project and uh, the different phases it goes through and, and as uh, the funding requirements and the capital stack uh, may change and then um, parallel to that uh, and we'll, we'll start with with James uh, talking about the the different requirements that a a pension investor will uh, will have via their trustee uh, and, and how that might work particularly in terms of connected parties and uh, possible structures so a little bit of a brainstorm uh, and so if we, we kick off with with you James um, uh, if you could paint us a a picture of this um, uh, this theoretical investor. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it's any secret. We've discussed it before that most of the people that I deal with, they're actually uh, investors in in long term assets. So they're they're looking to buy an asset, leverage it up, and hold it. They might improve the value of that asset, whether that's by uh, some sort of extension or a heavy refurb. Um, but they're typically not building something from the from, from the ground up, um, and so I don't spend an awful lot of time looking at that that kind of case. But the 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 thing that I'm always very um, clear on when I start speaking to people is that they do have two options. A lot of people who um, even have a SaaS, they don't necessarily realise that they don't have to just lend their money to either their own company or to a third party development company. They can actually buy shares in it as well, which, which gives a quite a different outcome. Okay. And uh, Richard, um, do you want to just talk us through um, just very high level, the different phases of the development process um, and, and how that relates to funding requirements? Okay, and, so um, I, I think pick a pick a a, um, a, a specific end-to-end uh, development from 
um, you've you've identified a, a possible uh, land deal, and you know w what has to happen for there to be people moving in uh, at some point in the future. Yeah, so it's a project that's that's just coming to its latter stages now. Uh, Twenty units. Um, so the um, the capital required was pre-acquisition. So it was as a lot of our deals are subject to planning. Um, so that money is 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 pretty much well. It's always funded through own equity or or investors investors uh, money. Uh, effectively, that's the biggest risk because that money that 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 part of the process is 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 taken on the chin. That all the risk is down to us. If we don't get planning, or it doesn't work out, or whatever. That money is 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 you know a, a business expense, should we say? Um, so then the acquisition of, of that particular project uh, was also done uh, with investors money and own money, um, which was then replaced by uh, a development funder. Um, so we'll always look at development funding because it generally is, is the cheapest. So we'll max out as much as we can get from them. Uh, sometimes it's, you know, 50 percent of the purchase price in this particular case. I think it was probably in excess of 60 percent. And then they are, as they would normally do, is, is lend the rest of it. Um, what we know as, as on that project that we expected to do is we need further equity as the project goes through. And that's primarily on that particular project. It's been exacerbated by, by uh, a pandemic, which obviously caused us some cash flow. We were holding longer, et cetera, et cetera. So we had to put more equity into there. So the, the, whole, the whole project was funded. There's no MES funding as such. We, we, we prefer just to have equity and debt as in one first charge holder, et cetera, on the debt. Um, and, and that's how that one, that one's gone. So where, where we would fit in um, any pension money is the project's not particularly big project, but it's 20 units and there's been borrowing, there will be borrowing of, of, of you know, yeah, close to four and a half, five million. Uh, we're not going to get that from a, from a SAS pot um, or unless somebody tells me we can, if we are it's some sort of collective thing i don't really know but how we're going to get them because you know with the charge that they want can we offer them a second charge if we replace some of the equity with with with, with um pension investment i mean then yeah i suppose we can but it's getting the you know the 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 trustees administrators etc comfortable with 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 the deal you know and I'm going to get James to uh, come in in a moment, but I just have one uh, question for both of you. Um, we, we might get James to come in first. Um, risk. So in my, my view, um, when, when you're in a development process, you buy a piece of land that uh, is pre-planning. Uh, the, the risk of uh, not getting the planning is real. But in all likelihood, if you don't get the planning, it was worth what you'd paid for it. And your what is actually at risk is uh, is just the, uh, the the cost of finding out that you didn't get the planning, uh, which depending on the you know the location and the size of the deal, it's comparatively small. And so the capital at risk, while you, you may not be able to achieve. Uh, I suppose the objective of the project, you, you can't you know, implement your business plan around the project, so you're not going to get the uplift. Risk is actually to do with what happens to the money invested um, and uh, what portion of that is actually at risk. And depending on what's going on in the market and, uh, and 
uh, indeed the, the, the locality, your, your risk is actually uh, relatively low at the beginning of a project uh, in terms of the capital risk because your, uh, your, unless you've done something that decreases the perceived value, which, uh, which can happen, of course. Uh, now, now, sorry, James, uh, just going back to, to Richard's point. No, I mean, it's interesting the point that you've just made there about risk because everyone perceives risk from a slightly different uh, perspective and some things are more risky than others. So you say there's not necessarily a massive risk to capital. One of the big risks that I always look at is liquidity risk. You know what? It's really easy to get into an investment deal. Land is probably a great example. It's not always very easy to, 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 to get out of. And actually, that's a very real risk and one that should be taken into great consideration for pension investors because it can represent pensions can represent very long-term patient capital because of the time frame of them. But if you can't turn that into liquidity to actually pay the benefit to, um, to, 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 to the underlying investor, that becomes a big problem at a later date. And that's one of the things I think the land investment, um, it does have that level of uncertainty to it that doesn't always lend itself to a great degree to pensions. That's, that's, that's a great point because you know listening to that it's sort of thinking a couple of projects that we've got on at the moment uh, the, the 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 biggest risk even, even if somebody's bringing bringing all the cash to the table the biggest risk is when we start work because you're 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 quite right in what you just said well in fact you know if it's got an existing asset value that's probably not going to change but it changes drastically as soon as we start work because it becomes even more illiquid it just it, you just you know to sell a a part started part finished project you, you're going to be selling a, a, a you know a, 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 a but because a, any incoming contractor um, isn't going to warrant what's behind the wall and you can either get them to uh, rip the wall off and do it again or uh, or, or you're you're going to be without a, a warranty for that particular part of it or there'll be some uh, some exemption which. Uh, naturally uh, reduces the value uh, of the asset. Hundred uh, percent right. I think. I think just sort of, if, if I may, just got a comment on. I mean, I I've spoken to a lot of SaaS investors or potential SaaS investors over the last few years and, uh, and all that, and, and not not because we're after their money or anything like that, just because they didn't know what to do with their money. I think that the um, the, the best bet for most most pension is buying an asset that's already got a known value and they buy it for yield. As soon as you start to add value, whether it's uh, whether you're experienced or not, you you're injecting risk in, into that process. So if I was uh, you know if, if I was advising somebody, I would say no, buy that block of eight flats when it's finished. You buy it for yield. You know if if you are going to buy and you are going to manage that yourself or through a unconnected company or whatever the way that they do all of this stuff and um, that's injecting risk and what i see is a big risk to the amount of money that i see that is, that is supposedly out there in these SaaS pots so these 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 businesses that are encouraging people to do their own projects or encouraging to people to perhaps invest in people like me because actually 
perhaps they shouldn't be doing that in the first place, you know, but then, you know, so do they understand when they release their pension? What's the mindset of the people that release their pension? What's the expectation? They're looking to uh, get a 20% increase on their money every year or whatever, you know, and, and actually for a lot of the people that I've met and I've met less than you guys probably, it's not really their thing. They shouldn't even be doing it in the first place, but they're encouraged to release their money because people are making loads of fees by them releasing their money. Bit of a rant, sorry, but it annoys the hell out of me. And, you know, when I hear people present it and, you know, come and do this, release this, sign up to this. Yeah, but you're not thinking about what they're going to do with that money because actually you are part of the problem because you're actually going to tie it up and not allow them to lend it. Well, you, it was in, it, it's interesting. One of the points you made there, and uh, it's a very it's a very welcome rant because there's quite there's quite a lot of that that I agree with. And uh, you talked about the fact that you speak to people who've moved their money into a, a SaaS and they don't know what to do with it. Yeah. They don't know what to do with it, and it's almost like um, it's almost like a, 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 I think it's borrowing a line out of Batman. It's like a dog chasing a car; it doesn't know what to do with it once it's caught it, and um, some people are actually just sold on this idea of freedom. Oh, well, I'm going to get it and I can choose to invest it exactly how I want to. And then they're lost. And actually, yeah. I come across people all the time that have, that have put money into SASs and they're saying, oh, James, have you got any investment ideas? Well, I don't give investment advice, so no, I don't. But they've just took it out of wherever it was before that it was probably being managed. And it's sat in a bank account because they're waiting for ideas or they thought they were going to do they had all these investment ideas and actually they realized that, I don't know, driving up and down the motorway to their gold mine area every weekend isn't all it was cracked up to be. And they prefer to spend time with their family or washing the car or whatever they do at weekends. And they're actually sat with this very highly charged, because SAS is quite expensive to run comparatively, and low-performing pension scheme, but at least they're free of their previous scheme. It's crackers, absolutely crackers. I'm glad it's not just me that's experienced this, but you have you as well. And, they, and they just, just to add to that, they, they, in some cases, they become motivated to get into the wrong deals, regardless of the paperwork, mm. whether they've got a charge or whatever, because as, as, as we've suggested you know, already, the, the charge in many cases is, is not, not the most relevant factor. It's actually how strong the deal is charge or no charge um and 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 people with they got just to just to sort of take that on a slight tangent is, is people unless you've called a charge in you have no idea of, of how tricky that is and how long that takes so actually if if you're going to take a charge yeah okay well what does it mean if i call it in not just sit there because you think oh i've got a charge that means i'm okay because people even with first charges lose money when they call it in you know, not always, but, but but they do. But no, it's it's it isn't it isn't just you, James. And I know it isn't. You know, there's, other, uh, there's plenty of people out there, well-meaning people that are offering services to to people to release their pensions and to do something with them. But then they stuck because these people have got that. You know, that, that they've they've been fed whatever they've been fed, or they've worked it out for themselves. Uh, and it's got fantastic. Uh, and, and the world at the moment. Um... You know, you you just need to open the, the paper to know that it's awash with with money, and and you're competing for uh, for deals. Uh, I, I've got a, a friend who's a, uh, a a lawyer in a, a large property fund. Uh, it's, it's a debt fund, so they only do development finance lending for mezzanine. Um, they have over one billion pounds that they have been unable to deploy for more than twelve months. That they're 
you know, uh, obliged to, uh, you know, to the, the, well, the people that gave a, them the money. There's a big cost to that for them, isn't there? Uh, and, yeah. and, and this is a, you know, they've got a team of investment professionals out there, you know, working on this all the time. Uh, and is it little wonder that your, you know, your small individual investor uh, who, who may have other uh, calls on their time, um, that, that they, they can't find the, the right opportunities? And, I think, to, but, to be but, honest, whether it's institutional or individuals, in many cases of people that I experience, they, they want too big a return. It's, it's just not doable. You know, actually, you know, if, if, if we were looking at a deal and it, whether it's private investors or pension investors or whatever, you know, we, when you start looking at what they really want, you know, actually, you know, it, it don't make sense for us because, you know, it, it, yes, if, it, if, it, if it's equity and, and effectively that, that makes it more valuable. But if it's actually, if it's development funding, they're funding all of it, they're too expensive. We, you know, and if we can't go out and get development funding for 60, 70 percent of the deal, we probably aren't a good bet to be worth investing in anyway, <laughs> you know, because there is mm -hmm. so much money out there. If you can't attract money at seven or eight percent to do the bulk of your lending on a the deal, then, you know, it, the people that, that are doing their, their, their um, projects, you know, that are, are paying 12, 20, 25 percent or, or, or appearing to. Well, why are they doing that? Because they actually could get some of that money a lot cheaper. So actually, they could they could give half the amount of borrowed money a higher return if they were able to actually do it structurally. And and then again, then it goes all around in circles. If it's pension money, for me, pension money is just yeah, it's over there. It's a noise. It's just like, okay, I mean, yes, we've had conversations and, and, and that, and it's a great interest, and you sort of think, oh, yeah, this is good. Nah, it's just too hard work, you know, and, and if I'm prepared to put so much hard work into collecting pension money to do a deal, I would question why I can't get the money somewhere else. And, and there's a, you know, there's a, uh, we didn't establish, was it uh, 45 or 50 years uh, Last time, Richard. Every but, time um, I talk to you, Will, it goes up five years. So I think yeah, uh, he's been around a while and averaging <laughs> 67 uh, completed uh, houses every year for whether it was was it 55 years or, or, or 50? Four, I, I can't remember. 46 where. years in July. Right. I, I well, have, since we last spoke, uh, I have I have checked that it's 46 years in July. So yeah, not 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 quite. So yeah, and and you know, it's I I've seen people, you know, get things wrong, got things wrong ourselves, and 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 you know, and and we're fortunate enough that we've not lost anybody's money other than our family money, you know, and it's and 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 that's we're not proud of losing our own money, but I'm quite proud that I haven't lost anyone else's money, um, and, but we see money, you know, lost all the time, you know, and 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 not not because the people getting into it at the beginning are, are con artists or anything, or they intend to lose the money. They're just getting into stuff, whether they be the investment or the developer, the aspiring developer or whatever. They just don't understand what can go wrong. And when it goes wrong or starts going wrong, they don't know how to manage it. So it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And, 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 and this is why the default setting for, for me for a pension thing is, yeah, don't invest in development. <laughs> you know, yeah, can it be done? Yes, it can, and I'm sure there are some successful stories. But um, I, yeah, I, I, I just think that the, the, the there isn't. And I heard James talk before about a, a standardised structure. You know, and there isn't, and I don't expect we're going to get one because I don't think there's enough interested parties 
um, prepared to put the the, the um, resource into producing that because they're all doing quite well nicely at the moment. So why would they bother? Well, Richard, can, can I ask a question, get an opinion from you? I'm not going to name drop any of them because I don't see why I should give anyone any free advertising, but I know there are platforms out there that will raise money from private individuals and crowdfunding platforms, peer-to-peer platforms that will lend that to developers. What's your experience of them? Do you have an opinion? Uh, I do, and I, I, I know that there are two that are already behind the scenes working on project rescues that they have no real control over, but they can't publicize that because that will impact on future lending on their platform. Yeah. And, 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 and I, I think, and that's all I know about and who the hell am I, if I know about those and dealing with those, because I'm dealing with the investors yeah, and, and advising on sort of, you know, how they protect themselves. Uh, and that's just on, you know, crowdfunding platform, equity uh, crowdfunding platforms. And it's actually, I, I, I feel in, in both cases, I do know who they are and they're very, very um, good people, meaning, you know, that they're, they're moral or everything else but they've got themselves into a situation. They didn't understand the deal they were raising money for either because they don't understand. They understand it. They understood it. Um, how can I say this? Um, there's too much emphasis purely on the financials and the spreadsheets and the numbers. There's not enough. And, and, and the, 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 the cunning tax and legal structures versus the fundamentals of the property deal of the, the project of the ability to turn it into uh, what the business plan said at the beginning. Yeah. We 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 were no, no and the names. work that goes on to to make that happen. Yeah, we we, we were. No, I can't mention any names here. I won't mention any names. We were involved in in the very early stages of setting up a, a, a reason, reasonable uh, lender at the moment, should we say? Um, uh, and um, we got dropped. So yeah, probably a little bit biased in that respect because we wanted to put more focus on appraising the deals at the front end from a development perspective. They didn't want to do that because they don't need to do that because they're protected by their charge and their ability to call it in and finish the project. So they don't really care about the developer because we were not the level of, we were looking at a massive level in a massive cost, but we just wanted more money invested, you know, from the origination fee, et cetera, or whatever it might be, but they didn't want to do that. And they're, they're lending in the tens of millions now. Um, and, 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 and I hope that they go well. But we know that one of the first projects they lent in wasn't a good deal. But they have, I think, been saved by the rising market. But that's not always there, is it? So they start building a reputation as lending, you know, tens of millions. And we've now got a track record. But, you know, so that will attract, you know, potential developers to, to go there because they're offering reasonable percentage of actual uh, of cost, you know, uh, and, and it's then a case of, OK, so this and, and that, that's, that's, that's development funding. So, you know, it's not it, all the way through the capital stack. Yeah. You have to watch where you're getting your money from. Uh, and, and watch how they're presenting their success stories, because I suspect they've all got stories of a project that's gone wrong where their investors have lost money, but they're never going to publicise that because that's bad for business, isn't it? And, and James Hadley, could, could we get uh, the other side of the coin? So uh, there's a, a search for higher returns that um, it's been spoken about repeatedly. Um, and typically, that, 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 uh, uh, it's looking at other strategies. 
um, and development being being one of them, uh, and and the investment of pension funds into development projects. How does it work from the investor's point of view? Um, and and uh, bearing in mind Richard's uh, concerns. How do you mean? I'm not sure I quite understand that question. Which bit, how does it work from the investor's point of view? So uh, how does an investor um, get their money from a pension into a development project which uh, gives them a, a, a higher potential return than other categories of, well, uh, of okay. property? Assuming we're, you know, we're talking about a SIP or a SAS, it's as simple or as complicated as the professional trustee or, or scheme administrator makes it. Not everyone has a professional trustee, but most people have a professional scheme administrator and they are taking on this loose role of, of, of gatekeeper. Um, if a uh, SAS wants to lend money to a developer and that developer is an unconnected party, there's, it's a very simple loan agreement that would be required. There's nothing actually in the legislation that stipulates its terms or the form security has to take, or even that there has to be security. There's no cap on the amount of um, uh, percentage that a pension fund can lend to that deal. However, you've still got your responsibility as a, uh, a member trustee and to the other trustees itself. You've, you've got the fiduciary responsibilities of you've got to be prudent and you've got to take into account all of the different um, risks and um, and and the needs of the scheme, whether that's paying out benefits to um, uh, people approaching retirement ages, etc. So it can be really simple, and um, it can be really complicated because actually, if you've got a professional trustee or, or, or any, any any trustee that's a real stickler for detail, they'll want to go through everything with a fine tooth comb. They might insist that the documentation is produced by a magic circle law firm will take you on a fee journey um, just because they can. Um, it, it, it can be as simple or as complicated as the trustees want to make it, genuinely. And, and where, where do you fit into this, James? You're, you're, um, you're, uh, you've been on the show a number of times um, talking about, um, I, I suppose, the setting up of, uh, of pension schemes. Sure. Um, um, what... what what my perception is is that you you invest an enormous amount of time looking uh, for specific exemptions and um, some would say opportunities for making it a bit easier to do things uh, within the law. Yeah, I mean, look, as, as a practice, we're a research-driven academic practice. I spend at least a third of my time in the legislation, in the guidance, in the case law, looking for new and novel ideas typically to do things that i've seen people put on facebook forums say oh i'd love to be able to do this but i can't or my ifa's told me that this is impossible or my pension trustee says i'm not allowed and all this stuff so i'm quite contrarian by nature and i won't accept no as an answer at least until i'm satisfied that something isn't isn't uh, possible so but to drill it down the business does two things we've created a suite of financial products um, that allow people to invest into property on a self-managed basis. We don't do any of the investment work, but for example, if someone wants to buy a portfolio of residential property and they want to rent it to students, we have got a product through which they can do that in compliance with the legislation. But the other side of the business, it's pure advisory. 
So we're providing what I call trustee assurance on transactions. So, you know, um, I've got a good client at the moment. They're a repeat client. They are a lawyer in a Magic Circle law firm themselves. They have their own SaaS pension and they do individual investments into other people's deals. They come to me and say, right, okay, this is the outline of the deal. Can you write me an advice report on how to do this and how to structure it, what the documentation needs to look like? And actually just provide that comfort that the transaction that they're doing is within the legislation, um, both from a legislative and from a practical documentation point of view, because they're transferring the risk of that transaction from their own pension scheme onto my professional indemnity insurance policy. And um, we don't really shout about that because there's a, there's a limit to the amount of work that we can do. But when people have been told something is impossible or they're really unsure how to do it, that's where we'll step in and, and, and provide that advice. And, and have, have a look. Yeah, I mean... We're or a closer training. look, I should say. Yeah, we're not training providers. We don't run courses. I don't really believe in, in, in that. I think that you can teach people um, all about the subject and they're still exposed to risk because another another risk that I see from my perspective is implementation risk. You can have a great idea. You can think it works, but if you fuck up the documentation, you know, crying to HMRC about you didn't really mean it doesn't work. You've got a tax charge delivered to you in a brown envelope, probably on a Saturday morning. So that's the that that's the limitation of training is that you still got to actually um, implement it yourself. And that's where the risk lies. Well, James Hadley, Richard Little, absolute pleasure having you both on. Uh, I'm Will Mallard. This is My Property World podcast. Uh, thanks again, gents, and, and we'll have you back again soon. Strongly encourage you to share this episode with uh, either developers or uh, people who uh, are looking to invest their, uh, their pensions into property. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Will. Thanks, Will. Thanks James. Welcome to My Property World, a light and informative look at all things property. We have designed this series for people involved in property and property finance in the UK market. However, we do take examples from all around the property world. Our aim is for us to make money from property together. Whether that be buying, selling, financing, trading or getting involved in a deal in another way. We do this by informing, entertaining and enjoying ourselves talking property, which gives you a chance to get to know us, what we're up to and to check us out until you're ready to make money together. In the meantime, My Property World is free and fun, so plug in your headphones and enjoy. We would love for you to like, share and comment, so please do on social media. And if you have questions, ideas for topics or deals you would like to explore, we're always looking for guests, so get in touch via the My Property World profile.